Hello. Hello. And welcome back to the Sunflower Allotment Podcast. We are sat here today on Peter's plot, not on mine, because we have an easterly wind which was causing havoc on my plot. And looking around me here, Peter, my word things have taken off. And I know <laughs> I know you've been away I as know. well. Yes. So so how have you done it? And oh. what have you been doing in the last last couple of weeks? What have I been doing? I've been in Cornwall uh, and I've been surfing uh, with my daughter and so I've been doing nothing but nature has been doing its thing and nature has been wonderful. Uh, what an Easter it's been. It, it, it's been warm, sunny, uh, we can say and what a beautiful thing it is to say winter is well and truly behind us mm. but on the allotments I go away and come back and everything's twice the size. Uh, the shallots, uh, the potatoes have come through, uh, the first earlies. Your garlic. The garlic is, is just... It's knee high. It's knee high. It's higher than <laughs> knee high. Well, it's, it's higher than knee high, I mean. Yeah, for us. <laughs> and <laughs> Slightly slightly shorter yeah, than the average no, person. I am uh, uh, really pleased with the garlic this year. I did work hard on getting, as always, it's get the soil right, get the conditions right. Mm. And then you're in the lap of the gods, but the uh, the weather's been really kind. The garlic has loved uh, the autumn, the late autumn, the winter was relatively dry after December, uh, sunny, and the garlic has just taken off. And I really don't want to sound immodest, but I haven't seen better looking garlic anywhere else <laughs> on the allotment. Not that I've walked around every plot to check. <laughs> they look like leeks. They look incredible. <laughs> and uh, closer to us, got your potatoes coming through. Yes, uh, those are the first earlies, as I said. They're Sharps Express. I think another three, four weeks uh, we'll be eating those, and I'll give you some. Three or four weeks? Yeah, I think so. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they went in, oh, early, no, I can't remember, early February. No, mm. late February, early March. Mm. So, uh, yeah, they're going, they're going well. They're looking great. But you have, you have been down here in the last couple of days since coming back from holiday because you messaged me yesterday yes. saying you were here yes. you were here very late yes. <laughs> very late um, very late yes nine o'clock isn't it lovely to have the the long the long evenings now uh weeding was the first thing i've been doing okay. just weeding and weeding and weeding but with our favorite whale tail hoe uh, i could do all the garlic onions potatoes perhaps oh that's a big flock of stags uh, in 40 minutes did half of one plot so what have you been doing, Tim? Your your plot looks fantastic in terms of I see a lot of work mm. on the construction, the design, the raised beds all going in. Mostly <laughs> building work. It's It's been a building site. Uh, I did go away, um, but I was fortunate to have some help in the in, in the periods that I was around uh, from a friend of mine, uh, Mike, and, and, and my old man, who, who helped me immensely. And... We managed to get a lot done. It's amazing when you have somebody else just help out. Oh, Another yes. pair of hands. Yes. Things just go a lot quicker. Um, so, yeah, the last few weeks I've wired up support wire for the raspberries. I've weeded the strawberries. We're going to talk about strawberries a bit more later. Great. Uh, as you say, a bit of a construction site. I've dug in more boards. I've become a bit obsessed with these scaffolding boards. Um, but hopefully, my dad said, are you going to plant anything here? <laughs> I said, well, hopefully, that's the aim. It's just your building site. Yeah, he just said, there's nothing in the ground. I said, well, there are onions and shallots, but uh, yeah, there isn't and, much. And I noticed your the fruit trees you put in last year are, yeah. are in blossom, and they're looking great. Yeah, no, they are. There are 
there are signs of signs of growth and the potatoes are, are coming through. So um, I a, thought that was, that was a bit mean of him. I think. Yeah, um, that's a father's prerogative, yeah. <laughs> especially um, as a farmer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Quite. Quite. Um, what else? Uh, I spent quite a while clearing the blackberry bush, which was. Uh, painstaking work. They're beautiful blackberries. That's worth it. But they it? are, yeah. they are, and that leads me on to something else I was going to say because I inherited that mm. from the the, the previous um, person on the plot. And while I was digging around, I discovered some rhubarb. Mm. Surprise mm. rhubarb. Mm. And that was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic, just to come across that. Um, and I actually put a question out on Twitter and asked if um, anybody else had found things on their allotment, any other surprises. And um, quite a few people replied with rhubarb, actually, because rhubarb's <laughs> very hard, isn't it? Yes. Uh, so um, Glyn at Doddy's allotment said they found rhubarb, and um, Annie Gilchrist said they found rhubarb emerging from builder's rubble. Yes. <laughs> yeah, After yeah, building yeah, work. Yeah, and I've got a confession to come in a moment about rhubarb, but carry on. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, the Victory Garden Diary said they found potatoes. Um, Garden Gremlin said spice bush, malab cherry, staghorn sumac. Now I wasn't quite sure about those, so Stag- I I don't know I've, I don't know about staghorn sumac, but sumac is used uh, in the Middle East as an alternative to lemons when lemons mm. run out. Okay. And the berries, it's a small red berry, I believe, mm. and they're they're used to have. Uh, yeah, as an alternative to lemons. Hmm. Sounds like a really interesting thing to grow. And if you've got, if staghorn sumac is related, yeah, hmm. have you looked it up? Well, I haven't looked that up, but I did reply and uh, asked, um, "What is spice bush?" And uh, garden gremlin is actually in the U.S. Ah. in the eastern um, eastern part of the U.S. And it's a large shrub native to that part of the world that produces a berry, and the pit of which is a equivalent to black pepper. Wow. Amazing. Fantastic. Absolutely incredible. There are some really interesting plants, I mean, all over the world, but particularly some of the... I've got some runner beans growing at home, seedlings, um, germinating, that are a really interesting form of runner bean that were grown uh, extensively by Native Americans. Mm. And they grew them because they they could be nomadic, and they grew very profusely and heavily cropped. And I'm Forgive me, I haven't, I can't remember the name, but I, but I'll, I'll get back to you on that. Fascinating. Um, and I'm really looking forward to growing them. Mm. Uh, but yeah, uh, certainly America, lots of interesting mm. species. We just, uh, you see it even in the shops mm. over there. That's yeah. fascinating. And about raspberry, uh, about rhubarb, you see over here, I've mm. got a fine spread of rhubarb. Mm. I'd forgotten Chloe had put it there, and last autumn. <laughs> last autumn one evening it was getting dark and I suddenly you know suddenly think I'm gonna do this now and I moved all my compost bins because I wanted to move the polytunnel and I took all the compost and just put it in a big pile here just to hold it I hadn't realized I'd put it on Chloe's rhubarb and the next day oh my god I was in trouble and I said don't worry I'll make it no it wasn't the next day it was perhaps a month later but what later. you've done is you've created forced rhubarb I've created forced rhubarb by accident and it's going it's going crazy it, it loves it it's not far we, off we picking have, is it we had some last night it's oh beautiful absolutely beautiful so uh, excellent yeah and it loves I mean it is the point being it's, it is really hardy and yeah. they're very long lived as well there's a just at the end of my plot by the water butt 
there's Anna who's been on this plot for well over 25 years. Uh, there's rhubarb there which we think is, is, she said it was well established when she came, it must be getting on for 30 years. Mm. And uh, yeah. It's that idea again, isn't it, that somebody at some point put that in and the legacy of the allotments, the social history we yes. spoke about before is, is it's just a lovely heartwarming feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just on that, a couple more things. So Jan Mitchell said that yeah. tomatoes and potatoes were in compost and a zucchini plant. Brilliant. Um, which she thinks was a gift from a bird. Uh, and then the final one is something that you've got on your plot as well, that you discovered this year, Peter. Hmm. What's that? Weeds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, but uh, uh, I can honestly say this. I don't think there's a single job that I don't love doing on the allotment, and most people hate weeding. I, I love it. I find it really interesting. Uh, and I'll come. There's a question for you. I'm going to come back to in a moment. I spent the first day weeding, and what was really interesting is seeing what weeds are growing because they've become well, quite well established over two weeks. Lots of the grasses, and they have long roots. And again, if they get established, that's you know if they're not hoiked out or dealt with while they're relatively young. Once they get established, that's much. That's a much bigger job. And fat hen, fat mm. hen, which grows easily knee high. Uh, and again, if that gets established, uh, that's um, that's much harder work to to hook that out. So, I, I I enjoyed the weeding because it was really interesting seeing what was getting established, what was getting going. Some plantains, extraordinary, and dandelions, and they have mm. huge long roots, mm. go down a long, long way. So um, I thought but I got rid of all of that last year, but there's still a few. Yeah. As, you, as you like it so much, no, it, it'd be my no. pleasure. No, <laughs> don't even ask. <laughs> to offer you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I finally cleared both plots of all the couch grass. And having said that, that my second plot, you can just see over there, and I've had the black plastic down over it. Mm since before Christmas mm. and I took it up yesterday what was fascinating was there wasn't a single weed apart from a few strands of couch grass amazing and it just shows how persistent it is but also by accident I discovered what a good system for getting rid of yeah. uh, couch grass I could then in five minutes go over I mean that's easily that's about 10 metres by 5, mm. so 50 square metres, I could go over it in 5 minutes, mm. chase down the couch grass and get it all out. I now know that is completely clear of couch grass, yeah. unless I've left a tiny bit of root. Not a problem, I'll, I'll hook that out later. But that was really interesting. Under black plastic for mm. 5 months, couch grass still going strong. It is very persistent. And that's the no-dig technique. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which we spoke about before. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, ideally... I wish I'd done more on my plot, really. I yeah. did do some last year, but I've, I've been digging couch grass endlessly since February. Yeah. It will... It, 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 it is a real pain, and actually, mm. probably that is the one thing uh, that will test your patience. <laughs> it did mine when I first got well, this it's one. It's keeping me fit. Yes. That's the only thing oh, I can say. Oh, it makes it for a strong back. Dig digging and weeding definitely keeps you fit. Yes. And... Uh, the, um, it wasn't the perfect no dig because what I should have done is what I'd have liked to have done is put down a load of manure on top of all, yeah. the, on top of it all in in mm. October. But I just couldn't get the delivery you could of also manure. Put cardboard, couldn't you? Yeah, the worms. You can. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm not a fan of cardboard. No? Okay. I know you've used it, and people do. Yeah. I mean, 
Carpet is the big, big no-no because yeah. of all the chemicals that leach out. Mm. Um, the corrugated cardboard, apparently the worms like it because yes. they can get in there. Yeah, so I always kind of think, what kind of glue has been used in that mm. and do I want that in the soil? I don't know. Yeah, fair point. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about strawberries. Before we go on, I have a gift for you. <laughs> and I've got a question for you in return. <laughs> okay, so this is a sunflower. Oh, amazing. And uh, one of the reasons I want to give you this sunflower is because the sunflower is the, is the symbol for Ukraine. Yes. So I've planted loads of sunflowers. Wonderful. And I'm going to put them in my allotment and in my garden and hand them around to people. Mm. Um, just a reminder. Yeah. Yeah, um, for um, for, the, for the people in Ukraine and, and what's going yeah, on. Yeah, which is so important, and and, and the, yeah, we all know the suffering mm. and what's happening there is absolutely horrendous and, mm. and, and and insane. And it's also a useful reminder that plants have a symbolic power and meaning, and mm. and, and exists in in many cultures, and that's a lovely thought. And in return, I'm going to give you some cornflowers. Mm because cornflowers have that brilliant blue it's not quite the light ukraine blue of the of the ukraine flag but i was thinking putting the two together mm. you've got a you've got a ukrainian flag in, oh. in represented in color great cornflowers idea. growing alongside sunflowers and uh, lorna next door she grows lots of sunflowers i was going to mm. give her some uh, mm. uh, perhaps we'll get a drone shot of um, <laughs> <laughs> flag. I'll leave that but to yeah, you. thank you. That's 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 lovely. And, that's a and nice idea. The cornflower and the, and the sunflower going together. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they grow really well on this plot. So this morning we want to talk about strawberries. And before we go over to your plot, Tim. Uh, I've not had much luck with strawberries. I don't know why. I, I, th I think I'm more a, uh, a veg man. The uh, um, and underneath underneath the compost where I, where the rhubarb is thriving, you'll st still see a few remains of some strawberries. And I partly put the compost there just to dump it on them because they run, they grow their stringers, and they they do all kinds of things except produce fruit for me. <laughs> okay, you've not had much luck. <laughs> no, so, but I know you're good on fruit and you've got uh, good ideas for, for what you're doing on your plot. So I'm interested to hear what you're gonna do with your strawberries and so over to you. Well, I wanted to talk about strawberries because now is the time to plant strawberries. Mm. Ideally, you can plant them in the autumn, but you can buy them in from garden centers or even supermarkets now, and you can pop them in in April and get your fruit later on. So I thought this would be a good time to talk about talk about strawberries. I actually did a bit of reading about strawberries. Oh, hey, <laughs> because I really I really like strawberries, and they're great, aren't they? I they're, love they're them. They're really delicious. They're really tasty. You can use them in all types of things. Uh, and strawberry jam on toast in the after a winter's walk. What Lovely. Could be better? A taste of summer in the winter. Yep. And I've put down here jam, sauces, smoothies, salads, ice cream, and when mm. doing some reading, also mm. wine. You can do strawberry wine as well. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Good luck with that. But I do know somebody who who serves strawberries for pudding with black pepper and a dash of a good red wine over it, mm. and he says it's amazing. Wow. Mm. Um, I look forward to trying that with your strawberries. <laughs> when you think of strawberries, Peter, what comes to mind? Oh, rotted mush on my plot. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, beautiful summer days. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that dream strawberry I can never produce. <laughs> <laughs> for you, the, the idea of strawberries is one of sorrow or melancholy. <laughs> for most people, it's one of summer days and yes, absolutely. long evenings, absolutely. strawberries and cream. It's yes. also, almost a quintessentially British thing. It's very, isn't it? Wimbledon, is it? of course. Wimbledon, yeah. exactly. And it's interesting that um, strawberries, in fact, date back to the Roman period and maybe before, but we have a record of um, them being used in Roman times for medicinal use. Um, but the type of strawberry we know today is developed towards the late, um, well, yeah, towards the industrial period. Yeah. It is said that the idea of strawberries and cream apparently was created by Thomas Wolseley in the court of Henry VIII. Oh, really? Mm. So very British. Um, but actually the strawberry that we eat today is much more synonymous with that from northern France yeah. and it's actually a hybrid yeah, strawberry course, yes and, and very extensively cultivated I exactly imagine. yeah and the cultivation and mm. the mass production of strawberries really emerges in in the 18th century mm. and, and mm. in the 19th mm. century mm. so they have quite a, a, a rich history in, in British culture but I was also really interested to see that it's not just in Britain or in in Western Europe and actually uh, strawberries as you were saying earlier uh, have been found in North America with indigenous tribes and also and 40% of the world production is actually in China oh goodness yeah, yeah. so the strawberries are a real global fruit which yes. was which I found very interesting um, and um, every year 9 million tons of strawberries is produced <laughs> 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 nine million tons. But as I say, in, in the UK or no globally. Globally, wow. Yeah, nine wow, million that's tons. A lot of strawberries. Uh, but as I was saying, part of me is also slightly appalled that all. all it's like when you see asparagus in the supermarket and it's come mm. from Peru and you think oh how can that be good that things are grown of course. in such vast quantities and shipped yep. uh, but uh, yeah we love uh, I don't know the but you can freeze strawberries yes so the idea yes. of getting them in now yes. and although they have a short-ish window mm. you can then freeze them yes, you and can. you can eat them you and, can eat them in, in Britain can, all year round you can make the puddings and freeze the puddings and probably yeah. you asked me earlier what was my, my first thought about strawberries my absolute favourite thing with strawberries is summer pudding. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's uh, oh, angels sing in heaven when uh, <laughs> when <laughs> when uh, summer puddings put on the table in front of me. So the name strawberries, they think, comes from the runners that are sent out, which look like straw. Ah. Okay. However, it is also thought that it could be from a medieval delicacy of putting berries on top of straw right. at medieval fairs. Uh-huh. So you would go around holding the straw and eating it uh, off the top. Like, like a, a lollipop. Like a lollipop. Wow. Yeah, but I, I think um, it's probably due to the runners looking like straw. Yes. And as I said, strawberries are very easy to grow. They're very hardy. And now is a great time to put them in. Don't, One, don't you find they, they need quite, you say, easy to grow? Yeah, sure. Uh, but, but aren't they a bit high maintenance? Um, n- no, I think if you establish them with water yeah. early, they have a very shallow root system, uh-huh. which means that as long as you're giving them water, yeah. you can grow them in loads of different places. And on the allotment, I've got them in a bed, but I've also got them in a trough. Mm. And at home or on a terrace, in a flat, they are mm. fairly hardy. Mm. They, will, they will grow regularly. Um, one plant can produce 50 or 60 strawberries, wow. which is roughly one every three days. Wow. Fantastic. Wow. Um, the plants themselves are propagated from the runners, mm. as you said mm. earlier. 
And doing some reading on strawberries, I looked at a, a really, really great way in which you can have succession strawberries. So as you, as you may know, strawberries decline in production after three to five years. Mm. So what you can do, and I read this on the RHS website, is you can plant your strawberries and then the runners that come out, you can put into beds nearby. Yes. So you yes. can dig a trough yes. and you can put the runners there and then that's your year two. Yes. And when they grow, the following year, you can dig another oh, trough. Nature is so beautiful. It's yes. incredible, isn't it? I mean, you, you can take the runner off when yes. it's established, which is yes. what I've done in the past. Yes. That's, so what, then, that's what I did on mine. Yes, and that's uh, what most people do. Yeah. But on an allotment, when you have a bit more space, mm. you could actually dig mm. a row mm. and then dig these troughs mm. either side. Mm. And then you can have mm. a really plentiful production over yeah. the next five or six years. Yeah, no, that's fascinating. And really good information uh, I should say the only strawberries I successfully grow I've got wild alpine strawberries in mm. a bed at home and they're tiny you know about the size of your thumb a, yep. a little the nail on your little finger beautiful flavor and I do virtually nothing to them mm. um, and they, it's not a big crop but they're, they're uh, they just do their own thing and they do spread the runners and they've grown and grown and yeah they uh, but they're wild. They're wild strawberries. Yeah, they're very sweet, aren't yes. they? The small ones. Yes. Yeah, they're, yes. they're, they're a great. They're great fruits. Um, what else to say on strawberries? Yeah, they're, they're great on allotment because they also, a bit like these alpine ones, they can be a weed suppressant mm. because they grow very quickly. So you mm. do have to keep an eye on them mm. because they can mm. uh, colonise other areas. There's possible thoughts about intercropping there as well. Yes, and yes, using definitely. As a ground cover. Yeah, and we're thinking about doing the shared sweet corn plot. Yes, and something yes. like a ground cover for that yeah, would be excellent. Yeah. yeah. Um, when planting, compost helps. Mm, always. And also... When doesn't it? No, yeah, quite. <laughs> <laughs> and also lots of water early yeah, on, yeah, just to get yeah. that, get that yeah, plant Especially our rather dry, sandy soil. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't and hold moisture well. Strawberries are, you know, mm. 95% water yes. or whatever anyway, yes. so they, they, need, they need water. And we're saying this at an incredibly dry time here in Norfolk. Hasn't it been extraordinary? I, I, it's, it's hardly any rain in April. It's mad. And I noticed last year, looking at my, my uh, weather diary, uh, we've had a, uh, this is the third year in succession of a very dry April. That first year in lockdown, we had brilliant blue sky day mm. after day mm. after day, um, followed by a very wet May. So I you know, wonder what's going to happen in May. Mm. But that's certainly this is the third April in succession where it's been been very dry and yeah. sunny and mild um, which is kind of lovely but also you think mm, well yeah doesn't feel weird. what happened to April showers a <laughs> <laughs> um, couple other things to say on strawberries uh, is that you can grow them from seed uh, not something that I have tried because it's a bit difficult and it's more of a hobby now because they're so easy to get and they're fairly cheap in garden yes. centers yes. but you can grow them from seed um, and if you I do, actually know know someone who saved the seed from their strawberries mm and dried them on blotting paper and has successfully sown them. And that's a bit of a mission, but you know, the whole thing about, well, we'll you know, later in the year we'll talk about saving your own seeds. And one, it's satisfying, it's exciting. You learn a lot about plants and propagation, um, but also it saves money. It does, and yeah. strawberries are interesting because they're seeds on the outside. Yes. Yeah. So you can, you tiny, can see they're, they're tiny. They um, and the best thing to do really from seed, if you if you wish to do that, is to sow either in autumn or spring in small pots or, or trays with, with uh, multi-purpose compost. Scatter the seeds very thinly 
and evenly over the surface and you can cover your tray with a with a plastic bag or a sheet mm. to maintain humidity yeah. until germination. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, autumn sown seeds should be overwintered therefore in a in a cold frame. Uh, as soon as the seedlings have two true leaves and are big enough to handle, you can pick them out and then you can plant them Great. in the spring or Great. late spring Great. in in, in yes. May into a sunny yeah. in a sunny spot. That's not something that I have tried. No. And as I say, it's not as common. Most people buy the strawberries um, as small plants. Or, the last thing to say on strawberries, it's a great thing to share on an allotment. Mm. And when I first came to my plot, a chap came over. I haven't seen him, actually, um, in the last year or so. But he came over and he could tell I was new. I mean, it was pretty obvious. <laughs> I was stood there for about Didn't two have hours. Fingernails. <laughs> yeah, uh, just looking and gazing into the distance. <laughs> and he gave me some strawberries. Yeah. And it's a really nice thing to share because the runners are so prolific. You can share them with yeah, people on yeah, on, yeah. on neighbouring plots. Yeah. And also, don't fe- uh, don't be afraid to ask yes. if anybody has some spare runners or mm. if you can use them. And I'm sure uh, most people be be willing to to hand you some. And then the last last thing I was going to say, talking about runners, is that you can take the runners off so that the energy goes into yeah. the fruit. Yeah. yeah, And that's something that I would advise if you have a small place or you're doing in a container. Mm. And that's also a lovely thought. One of the things about being on the allotment is how easy it is to make friends because we all love talking about plants and what we're growing and what's doing well and what's not and, and learning from each other, as we've said before, but also sharing our excess crops of, of seedlings, our, our surplus seedlings, uh, everyone around me, we all, uh, as we've done, you know, you, you, I've got too many tomato plants or aubergine seedlings and I give them to somebody else and I got, you know, from your neighbour, she gave me some celeriac and yeah, I mean, we all do it and it's like those, those leeks, just had our last leeks from last year, just had them for supper last night. All those came from Judy over there. Um, she gave me 20 surplus leek seedlings, um, which was brilliant because I realised I hadn't grown enough. Uh, so, yeah, and if you are growing surplus and you're new on the allotment, wander around, say to people, do you want some of these? It's just the best way to make friends. Well, what a lovely thought to end on, Peter. Um, but before we do finish, what are your plans for the week? My plans for the week are to give you some work. Oh. So we've just been talking about sharing seedlings, and I know next thing we want to talk about is beetroot. So here are some I've grown earlier. I have some beetroot seedlings. That is so kind of you. Look at they're, the colour on those. They look They're well advanced they already. Fantastic. Be, they they don't really like transplanting that much. Yep. I mean, they're a bit taller. Ideally, you want them about two inches high when you transplant them. Um, they're a bit taller, so handle them really, really, really carefully. Will do. Absolutely. Thank you. No, pleasure. I mean, <laughs> Thank that, you very much. That will give you a good crop. Yeah. Uh, um, and you'll get an early crop while the seedlings are coming up, and, yeah. and they're fantastic things to do as succession sowing. I love beetroot. I think yeah. you can cook 
and eat them in so many ways. They're great fresh. Yep. I love them wrapped in tin foil and on a barbecue. Mm. Uh, they have an amazing flavour. Just roast, roast in the oven. Uh, they produce an amazing flavour, partly because you're, you're taking out the water. Mm. So you're concentrating the flavour. So they're great fresh, uh, and, but they also store really well. Brilliant. So we'll talk more about um, beetroots uh, yeah. soon. But for now, um, what, else you, what else are you going to be doing this what week? What else am I going to be doing apart from uh, giving you work? Uh, all the ceiling, I know I've been saying this for a while, but at last the ground is nearly prepared. So I've got all kinds of seedlings in the polytunnel ready to go in. Um, pak choy, spinach, all kinds of cabbages, pointy, hispy, um, savoy, which I love. January King, no, I haven't got that, not, not those yet. Um, leeks, chard, cavallo nero. So it's that busy time of year. Yeah, Sounds so exciting. And, and then seedlings to go in as well. And, and today, tomorrow, the, I'm a bit late with these, but it doesn't matter. Mm. Uh, the last of the main crop, chitted potatoes, which I have here. And their chits are looking very fine. Oh, they look brilliant, don't they? Yeah. The size of those chits. <laughs> and you don't actually want them too long because it can be, it's so easy to break the chits. If you want any, Tim, you'll be very welcome. I've got, these are the Pentland Crown that actually you gave me. I've also got Belle de Fontenay, which I'm I've never grown before and I'm really excited to see how they're going to go. And I've got some Maris Piper. I've also got some spare Vivaldi, which are a lovely, lovely salad potato and I've got some spare Charlotte. So if you want any, I've, and, and if you don't have them, I'm gonna walk around as we've just been, I'm gonna walk around and give them to anybody. We also have a habit here on, on this, on this uh, allotment, I'm sure you know it, that if anybody puts anything up by the shed, the main shed, um, the store shed and shop up by the, the main entrance, um, if you put things there, that's a sign that they are for free to take. So if I can't give them any, find anybody to give them to, I'll put them up by the shed and someone can have some free chitted potatoes. Oh, lovely. So, uh, yeah, that's me. It's going to be a busy week, but it's, uh, I also have to say, look at the parsley. I've got bushes of it already and it's lovely. And the chives um, already be having uh, fistfuls of parsley every night. Done it all kinds of ways. Um, yeah. What are you doing this week? More building work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to repair the polytunnel from the storm yes. back in February, and I've come up with an idea to to sort that out. And so I'm, I'm hoping to to have the polytunnel sorted this week, which will be great. Um, put a couple more of these scaffolding boards in, weeding still, mm -hmm. lots of weeding mm -hmm. around the onion shallots, potatoes. Yeah. So apart from that, beetroot was the other thing which we're gonna gonna look to do. And also, I'm going to this afternoon. Um, I'm going to put my seeds, my cucumber, courgette, and squash seeds in. Get them going. Get them going. Excellent. I'm going to get them going, and hopefully we'll put them in the ground mid-May. Yeah, yeah, perfect, perfect. Whilst we're talking about beetroot, we should also just mention carrots. It's a good time to be getting carrots. The soil, the soil is so warm. Mm. Uh, 18 degrees, 19 degrees, unbelievable for, for, for April. Um, so easily time to start getting uh, seeds in the ground and yeah if we're going to talk about beetroots let's talk about carrots as well I would just say um, and your soil's looking good you've got lots of compost in uh, but onions shallots 
leeks are very, they're greedy little things and it's really worth adding some organic fert fertilizer. I've got some in my shed here, I'll give you some. A little, a little scoop, uh, 10, 15 grams around, just work it into the soil around each shallot or onion plant. Basically just potash if you've got a wood-burning uh, fire at home then just saving the ash from that and adding it to the ground around the shallots and onions is, is, is a really good practice. Otherwise some organic feed is really, really good. But I'll, yeah, I'll give you a box, uh, I'll use, use my box. I don't generally, I just want the soil to be right and then things do their own thing. But for onions and, and shallots, I think that's uh, there's an exception. And if it's an organic feed, which basically is potash, then I think that's acceptable. Um, but it does help them. Sounds yeah. fine by me. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Okay, we've got our work cut out for a few days. <laughs> we have indeed. Well, thanks ever so much for listening. And please do get in touch if you have any questions or any tips that you would like to share. Yeah, and uh, enjoy this lovely, lovely weather. The growing season has well and truly begun, and it's great to be on the allotment. Isn't it extraordinary? We're Saturday morning. Where is everybody? It's mm. really quiet. But, yeah, if you're on your allotment, enjoy your gardening and... Uh, Enjoy the weeding. <laughs> have a great week. And have a great week. Yeah. Brilliant. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.